In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk filmy to me. Hello, friends, and welcome to Talk Film With Me podcast, a film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. Each and every week, we drop a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever good podcasting services are found. In disestablishment, joining me, the house, the man of the house, John Descamento. How are you doing, buddy? I am pretty, pretty good. The man of the establishment. I like to think I'm a bit more Rage Against the Machine than that, but fair enough, Linny. How have you been? What have you been doing? I'll be honest, mate, I'm a bit tired. Um, The reason why we're a day late on recording this podcast is because last night was DC Fan Zone uh, for the uninitiated. Basically, what has happened is Warner Brothers and DC aren't going to Comic-Con this year because pandemic and all that sort of stuff and they decided to do their own thing uh being a fan convention online and it was a 24-hour event and i i watched it all you know for a some fucking nerd people listen to this now i'm a batman guy but also to to have all the topical stuff for this pod but i gotta be honest with you though john it was like they made this out to be like it's gonna be live it's gonna be <laughs> incredible and don't get me wrong like it is pretty cool what they've done but everything was pre-recorded and everything was like so staged. They're like, oh, we've got Vicky from Tunisia. I'm such a big fan. What's it like making Wonder Woman 84? And it's like, come on, man. We know what the actual <laughs> fandom is. This is this is this is not toxic enough yeah, for it to be live. <laughs> you want that live. You want things to go wrong. But what you're saying, Flinty, is you stayed up deep into the night uh waiting for yep. the 12 o'clock preview they could have just they could have just dropped it on their fucking <laughs> twitter account and yes john yes it does remind us of our days of getting up at midnight to sneak downstairs and record the skybox when your parents wow, were around putting words in my mouth I, I just know that that's one of your favorite pastimes as teenager flinny and that's absolutely fine <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, back in the day of watching WWE <laughs> and then going we through the Sky channels till two or three in the morning to watch Raw, and you'd be all right the next day. You remember that? Now you just can't take the hit. Anyway, nah, nah, I love the fact that wrestling. Like, there's a generation of people, regardless of your creed of interests, you all know every wrestler from the WWE like raw era. Like if someone says to him, oh, that bloke looks like Triple H, there could be some old man in a pub goes, yeah, he does look like Triple H. I personally think he looks a bit more like Edge, but each to their own. <laughs> it's a bit, <laughs> it's just a bit weird that the, like, the control WWF had with those wrestlers over that particular period of well, time. Well, it's amazing how many kind of, how much success a lot of them have found after it. And uh, premature death, of course, but that's another story. That's another documentary <laughs> waiting to happen, I'm sure. Right. Well, shall we go straight into it and talk about DC Fan Zone? So, um, look, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go through like a blow by blow thing of what happened over the 24 hours because A, this podcast would last forever. And B, there's probably better people out there who could do it. But as you guys know, we fucking love our Batman movies here and the trailer drops. Now, this, I was expecting a trailer, don't get me wrong. I was not expecting the trailer to be dispolished uh, for a number of reasons. One, filming paused during the pandemic uh, erupting around March time, and they were filming it primarily in London, Liverpool, and Edinburgh uh, to make up like the Gotham City and all that sort of stuff they're doing with. Um, in fact, we snuck away and managed to get some photos from um, some of the London screening, which is pretty cool. Um, but obviously everything paused, and 
then they started to try and refilm stuff but because of the covid breakouts and things like that again they had to pause again so warner brothers built uh, somewhere in london a completely purpose-built set like they used to do for the old 90s movies and anyway that's a really long-winded way of me saying fuck me i did not expect this film to be this far along the trailer looks absolutely stellar we got to see our bats in his loving glory but john you're a music man Ooh. Mr. Michael Chichico, I can't pronounce his name correctly, but you know, Mr. Up and everything else in between, he has scored this. Have you seen this trailer and have you heard this movie? I have. Do you know what? Every time a Nirvana song is used in a commercial way, which doesn't happen a lot because they're pretty, uh, you know, hands on with not being respectful. Um, Come to Disney <laughs> Plus and listen to Ray. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Um, so every time they use a Nirvana track, I do, I wince a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is not what Kurt Cobain wanted, but um, I actually really like what they've done with this with this track. Something in the way, uh, last track on Nevermind, isn't it? It's a, such a moody, dark song, and I was worried when it started playing, but it, I think they've done a really good job, and it sounds great. Um, so I got over that, and I also loved the end titles. It's a small thing, but I just thought they looked so cool. Yeah, there's something about a good font that's been <laughs> animated and just uh, done nicely. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got to say, like, I, there's, I've got massive fucking Fincher vibes from this trailer. So uh, I, we don't know much about the story. We do know that the Riddler, uh, Penguin and Catwoman are going to be characters in this movie. Obviously, we know Batman and Alfred and everything else in between of that. Um, this is not connected to the DCEU. They have officially said that now, that this is its own thing. Imagine it as this is not an origin story, but it's not prime Batman. Think of this as a year two Batman. And all of a sudden, escalation is happening. A guy in a mask is beating the shit out of criminals. And what are the criminals doing? This is the first escalation point. All of a sudden, it's not just rogues with guns anymore it's wackos doing some really weird stuff and it looks like i've got this mass, like i say massive fincher vibes of it's clearly the riddler he's killing people he's leaving clues for batman and batman has got that relationship with gordon who's played by jeffrey wright i love jeffrey wright his voice is so so compelling uh, that's a terrible impression of him but he's got an amazing voice and um weird, weird loop with connecting tissue here you've seen westworld yes oh, i i gave up on westworld right. but i did enjoy the first two series so let's pretend it's only season one and season two and three are more like fan shows that were made after <laughs> the fact um in season one jeffrey wright first thing you hear is a nirvana cover done in a really fucking twisted way on the piano when they're in there and you introduce jeffrey wright again with yeah. a nirvana cover oh, no. Mate, there you go it's all linked illuminati that's why they film. pay you the um, big bucks plenty <laughs> but that's why. Uh, allow me to <laughs> take a wide angle lens at Batman for a second. Um, right. I've read, so, I've read an interesting hypothesis that Roger Miller kind of spawned these comic book kind of films of Batman that were amazing at the start and they got kind of repeated and repeated and watered down. And, and then suddenly, you know, Christopher Nolan, our favorite boy, brings out The Dark Knight. Um, sorry. Uh, sorry, you meant Burton. You meant not. Um, yeah, but the comic book sort of era of Batman films and then uh, Christopher Nolan sort of gave it a well, uh, a kind of a good gritty... Start. Good wrestling grounding. Yeah. and I f do you not feel like yep. we're at the kind of winter stage of like that dark Batman? Are we not sick of it yet? Are you? I know you're not, but no. uh, 
Am I sick of it? Oh, mate, give it, give it to me. Give it to me. All over my face. All over my face. All day. Sorry, it's looking more like what? 12 o'clock putting the on. <laughs> Wasn't but, Batman um, for kids back in the day, though, Flinty? Are we not? Are you being hey, selfish? Hey, hey, are you hey. not allowing your, your kids in the Batman universe? Hey, now, I am not a purist when it comes to, to my Batman. As the, to be honest, I think he should be like Mickey fucking Mouse. <laughs> you should roll him out every year. Kid, Do kid shows. Do different interpretations. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter who you are. When you discover a character, that is your version. And you will love it regardless of any other endeavor that comes out from that. We see it with Star Wars. You'll always have people moaning about the new trilogy and always hark back to the original. But there'll be a generation somewhere where the prequel trilogy is their first time and for a lot of kids somewhere uh, seeing ray pick up that lightsaber is the first time for them for me my batman moment was michael keaton you'll never take that away from me doesn't mean i can't enjoy other versions of it um i also really love the comics i am on i've been reading them like fucking gangbusters for the last year i've read something like 150 of them now i absolutely love hearing the same story being told through different lenses and to your point we have had the gritty dark gotham uh backdrop before uh with with nolan timey whiny nolan um but this is matt reeves interpretation of the character and interpretation of gotham and it's not a million miles away from the the nolan verse in terms of aesthetics and feel but at the same time it could feel like a different universe and that's great and i i was kind of like i love the fact that i mean this shows the acting ability of robert pattinson in build up to this, he was on interviews just going, ah, I didn't really work out for this. It's just a bit of fun. And people were slamming him just going, oh, my God, Christian Bale nearly fucking killed himself for this role. Ben Affleck looked amazing. But then all of a sudden, when you see that trailer, that is Bruce Wayne. He fucking captures the character incredibly. That fight scene where he just all of a sudden goes fucking combo on some guy. Oh, my days. Put it into mm. my veins. So, yes, I agree that we we have had versions of this character and maybe this version might be a little bit, little bit connected uh, in terms of look and feel that we've seen before. But it's still different people and it's still different modes. I just hope they they go for their vision and they don't try and let Warner Brothers or someone else try and poison that. I think the response from this has been absolutely incredible. Looking through social media, Batman's been trending for the entire 24 hours. Yes, there's been loads of other Batman news to, to feed that, but I think this trailer looks incredible. I think there's one thing. It's a blink-and-you-miss-it shot of an old, decrepit man looking up worryingly. And um, everyone's like, who's this actor? That's Colin Farrell. That is Colin Farrell's Penguin. They put prosthetics on him and everything else. Someone had to point that out to me. I didn't realize that. So they are really going with their own direction with their own car. So I am I am fucking stoked for this. John, I know you you want this Asia comic book movies over, but for me, long may it continue. Like I am I am so no, stoked. I'm about more playing this. devil's advocate because I agree. I think it's a great trailer, uh, especially you know it's what the work, what we need right now as film fans, isn't it? It's great trailers get us pumped up mm. for films that will come out one day. Um, I think it's going to be great. I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. I'm just wary about the dark Batman gritty film being overcooked. But let's see if I've got the stamina for it. If I've got the stamina for it, I know you will, Flinty. And if I will, I'm oh, sure mate, it's going to be good. So, so two, two king takeaways, though, well, with my, my thing on. One, I love Andy Circus. I loved hearing Andy Circus's voice. Well, you've become popular, in ya. <laughs> I expected him just to say, all right, boy, when he come in or something. Um, and secondly, notice Pattinson had no lines in the trailer. Nothing. No, apart from the I am vengeance thing. Like, but Bruce Wayne uh, doesn't have much of a, a line in this. Now, I'm not saying that Bruce Wayne isn't going to be a massive part of this movie, but my point is, is that 
there's something about because he sort of like, you I feel the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking hilarious. I'm in there. Or he, he, he starts glittering like a vampire. <laughs> um, no, but I think maybe they're going down the tone of Batman is just a shell. He reflects back, right? And that people don't care who's wearing the mask as long as someone's wearing the mask. And I think there's something interesting about the fact they took an active choice for him to not have much dialogue in this. And I don't know if that's reflecting of the movie, but it was mm. interesting. Um, so that was like the main thing out of DC fandom. Yes, we had, there was a Suicide Squad thing with James Gunn, which was kind of cool. We had the whole cast on a Zoom call. They'd done a little quiz and that sort of thing. But uh, one of the things that really, really kind of annoyed me about this whole fucking fandom thing was, and I get what they're doing, they want you to watch this whole thing for like the entire 24 hours or whatever, is that they'll say, right, for half hour, we are going to talk about Wonder Woman or half hour, we're going to talk about uh, Suicide Squad, we'll talk about Batman, all this great stuff. We all know what we're here to see, right? Fucking unveil right show us what you got give us the trailer give us the information that we want i don't want to hear some staged fan questions which make up 25 minutes of said presentation and then you stick the trailer at the end that's really fucking annoying and the suicide squad was a prime example of this Uh, they spent a good 25 minutes bantering back and forth over a film we have no knowledge of so i can't laugh at the fact that you find michael rooker very funny because I've not seen the product with him in and you guys in for me to appreciate that, to want to listen to you guys talk about said experiences. And it ended with James Gunn basically saying, I'm really close to finishing. I've had loads of fun making it. Here's a featurette of a bunch of people talking about them, enjoying it. And you'll see some more soon. And it's just like, oh man, I was really hoping for a trader. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a bit, it was a bit of a letdown um, from that perspective. But uh, I'm, I'm a massive James Gunn fan. I think that uh, his Guardians movies are timeless, and uh, the fact that he is claiming this is the most fun he's ever had on set, and he thinks this is the best movie he's made, all that sort of stuff is always. Gonna, let's face it, though, it's not going to turn around and say I've made a piece of shit. So of course it was going to, it was going to be bigging it up. Um, just to wrap off the two big things that I, I took away from Fandom. Um, other than the Batman Suicide Squad stuff, was uh, The Rock, probably the biggest movie star on the planet. He unveiled, he unveils a first look at his, his DC movie, Black Adam. It's not a trailer or anything like that. They're very much in the pre-production phase at the moment, but they, you know, they gave you some tidbits about it. It was cool to see that. And um, Shazam 2 is going to be called Fury of the Gods. Uh, have you seen Shazam yet? Have you had a chance? Uh, has that passed you by? No, sorry. But I do. That's all right. So think of it as uh, big with superheroes, right? We reviewed it a couple of years ago. We loved it. But uh, as a podcast, we gave it a good score. But um, yeah, I I generally really like that. So I hope to see more Zachary Levi as Shazam. So stuff that's not DC fandom news. There's a load of stuff to talk about actually today. So John, Booksmart. Mm. I love that film. Like it pretty much underrated, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Really pleasant surprise, that one. Well, Olivia Wilde is moving on to her next directing gig. Uh, she has been poached by Sony to work on a Spider-Verse movie. So, John, I know you just said around said about how... I'm sorry, mate, there's going to be a lot of superhero-focused stuff um, over the next uh, 20 minutes or so. But Olivia Wilde is going to be directing a Spider-Verse movie for Sony. Marvel Studios are helping out, uh, but it's very much a Sony gig. Now, this is a big fucking promotion, though, in terms of your relatively small budget, uh, very successful... Uh, comedy to making a big studio summer blockbuster but the cool thing is that they're going to make this very much a women's focused movie in terms of they're going to focus on spider woman and uh, other characters in that ilk as well does this get you excited john or is this another are you one of those film twitter people like, oh god why is all those people going over to fucking marvel i went into no, a little art house i films. think you know like taika ratiti it was a good gamble that paid off right and uh he and he deserved it uh because he 
paid his dues and he made a really good uh, superhero movie. So hopefully it's a similar vein. And I'm sure Olivia Wilde has many other projects. And if this helps her get those across the board, then then great. Yeah, it's this one for me, one for them mentality, which I, I absolutely love, right? Because the truth is, is that you might not necessarily be too jazzed about the project, but if you put your own spin on it, you make it a, an amazing project. And yeah, you know, Taika Waititi is the example, right, of this this amazing writer and director made some really unique art and then coming into the mainstream and then changing the mainstream. And then all of a sudden the mainstream is Taika Waititi, which is absolutely incredible. Have you noticed he's been popping up on loads of cartoons? Like he's, he's such a good voice actor. He's as brilliant. Well. He's one of them just completely multi-talented people that make you sick. Seth MacFarlane style who keeps bringing out yeah, music yeah, albums. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, like literally can, seem to throw his hand at everything and anything whether that's directing writing producing and you know make some really amazing art absolutely talking about films that we might be getting sick of there's another pinocchio movie in the works we've been talking about this for a while uh gamino del toro i never pronounced gentleman's name correctly but he is working on a pinocchio story and this cast is getting bigger and bigger and bigger kate blanchett uh tilda swindon christopher waltz just to name but a few john how excited are you for this now these cast names are being announced? i am absolutely pumped i think it's a great story from my childhood and probably yours we all grew up with pinocchio on the periphery and del toro has never made a movie that i hadn't liked so i think this is a match made in heaven and i love seeing the cast just slowly get seem to get better and better so bloody hell mate excited for this one I think it's nailed on that Christopher Waltz is going to be Geppetto. And now it's going to be really interesting because Tom Hanks is going to be playing Geppetto in Robert Zemeckis' um, Pinocchio. Oh, my God. Two fucking titans of directors facing off over the same IP. This is going to be interesting. Mm. But I can imagine Christopher Waltz's Geppetto is going to be far more sinister than Tom Hanks' version of the character. Yeah. I hope they're vastly different movies. Uh, I'm sure they will be. Do you wonder, like, are they in contact? Are, like... Because they're all pre-production. These things take years to make. They must be talking and being like, uh, I know it's kind of awkward. We're sort of making a very similar theme movie. Uh, are you doing this? Because uh, we were sort of going to do this. And It's like the Deep Impact and Armageddon kids crossing each other at the canteen and going, oh, you're making a, 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 a movie about a comet. Yeah, so are we. Oh, cool. Ours would be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, they're all pros. Well, uh, another thing that dropped recently was uh, the Death, Ni- Death on the Nile trailer. Uh, this is very much in vain with Murder on the Orient Express uh, that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, John, you seen the trailer? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I like the trailer. I think it's a really good trailer. And then Russell Brand popped up with short hair. And I was like, what? <laughs> the name of Jumping Jehoshaphat. I, I kind of like Russell Brand, but it just seemed the trailer seemed completely not that sort of ilk and then the rest of the cast looking at it it was interesting but obviously this is like adaptation of an for christie classic so you yeah. think that it's going to be a good story uh but it just struck me as a trailer a really good trailer of a film that's actually a bit dog poop and i hope it isn't. <laughs> i hope it isn't but that's the i don't know that's the the feeling i got but that's been cynical what do you reckon I'm I'm so conflicted by Russell Brand. Like sometimes I listen to him talk and I think the man speaks sense. He wants the world to be a better place and he is boiling this this situation, whatever he's describing down, to something I can either relate to or understand. And then he does shit like he does the other day when he was talking about 
what women uh, is in what what female empowerment is with hip hop videos. Like, dude, swim in your lane. Like, you know, talk about stuff that you actually could have a voice on. I've been enjoying all the commentary on WAP by Cardi B. Uh, I think it's just hilarious, and I just love it. To be honest. <laughs> yeah yeah fucking yeah so like russell like he couldn't have timed it worse in terms of this trailer being dropped and him deciding to drop more more videos uh and because it, it's bringing a lot of attention obviously to it and um, the cast looks absolutely fucking brilliant by the way like the trailer looks like it makes you think back to i don't know when but a time where we didn't have these film where these sort of films don't seem to exist anymore right of just a charming yet uh thriller tale with an amazing ensemble cast, where chances are the most famous person is the guy who did it. And um, this this is very much an ilk of the last movie. I think a lot of people uh, hung up on the last movie for whatever reason. I enjoyed it. It's not not my bag, but um, yeah, I thought it was good. I think the cast, like I say, is stellar. Interestingly enough, um, French and Saunders, first time together on screen, like on a, on a film. Yeah, John French and Jennifer Saunders. That was really interesting. It, I mean, it's it's got a really solid big cast hasn't it and it's going to be a you know oh recognize them what are they from oh brilliant you know it's it's going to be great for that um i hope it's good but there we go flinty we'll see we'll see yeah, we'll see that's the only thing we do on this podcast what should we about that i don't know we'll see that's the gist <laughs> of it yeah yeah i'm sure well, something we won't be seeing is lawrence fishbourne in the next matrix movie he has come out and said that he wasn't invited mm. oh um that sucks, man. You can't have a Matrix without Morpheus in my opinion. Yeah. Did you get the tone from him? It was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. what I wasn't invited. I feel a little bit stiffed by that, uh, which is weird because he is, when people think of the Matrix, uh, just in its entirety, you think of Lawrence Fishburne, right? Or Keanu, one of the two. Uh, no offense to Trinity. It, it comes as a tangent, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It, it comes as a thing, right? You, you know, you literally think about him in that franchise. He is the one who hands out the pill to Neo. In fact, um, recently the director has been coming out quite a lot talking about their works because I think it's past a milestone anniversary or something like that for for the Matrix. And um, at the time, obviously, Lana Wachowski was a man and um, didn't realise it at the time, but sublimely was writing in metaphors for gender uh, transformation. And there's amazing think pieces on the internet about it. And this is all you know, corroborated by the director. A lot of people are saying, well, you wouldn't have done that. And everything else. Look, your mind works in mysterious ways. Subconsciously, if you're writing out stuff, there's so many tropes in there which you go, oh, my God, like he was literally signposting he wants to transform into something else to the point where the pill that um, Morpheus offers to Neo, the red or the blue pill, and the red pill is the one for transformation, that is actually the colour in the 90s of what um, synthetic usage used to be for uh, gender hormone replacement. Um, so they literally like boiled it down to those details, and they didn't realise it at the time, which is it's incredible. It's kind of funny that it's been adapted uh adapted by outright kind of trolls saying take the red pill man vote trump and all this uh you know those kind of outright people Ugh. when really what they're saying is take estrogen man be more girly which is the very thing they absolutely <laughs> scared of kind of fun well yes yes well hopefully uh in the dystopian world that the matrix is, is set in, we won't have a trope uh, Trump future uh, from that uh, talking about things from our childhoods or maybe a little bit before our childhoods uh, that are coming back. Will Smith and Kevin Hart are going to be doing a remake of planes, trains and automobiles. I'm, uh, I know a lot of people are like this is sacrilege. I 
I don't like this idea for a couple of reasons. One is because planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't know if that would work in 2020, like just because of like modern technology and all that sort of stuff. But also, I kind of I, I'm done with oddball comedies. Like, it's not that we didn't didn't stop making them; they were just really fucking bad. You know, like, oh, these comedy road movies. Like, all you got to do is just go on Letterboxd, and there's fucking millions of them. Of oh, here's a Jason Bateman type character with someone obnoxious, and they're going to travel across the country. Like, I'm I'm done with those tropes. And if I see another movie with Kevin Hart in where someone points out that he is short, I'm done. <laughs> like it's, I get it. You're a small guy, but you're muscular. Like give me something else. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to, I don't want this to be a rant, but John, what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah. My sort of my, I don't know. My negative bat signal goes up whenever I see Will Smith in anything these days. I'm just like, Oh no. I want him to do something good so badly, but I just, it just doesn't happen much anymore, does it? But um, yeah, mm. I can take or leave this. Never. I'm leaving it, mate. Like, look, we've already had the the reboots, remakes, twists of classic 80s comedies done. There's been so many that dropped. I mean, fucking, um, oh, what's it called? The Hustle, Hustlers. Not Hustlers, Hustlers the Stripper movie, which is very, very good. Hustle, The Hustle, that was it. The Dirty Rotten Scoundrels remake, which was just fucking terrible. Like, just stop. Leave. Make original pieces like Game Night and stuff like that. Don't don't try and revisit the old worlds. And speaking of revisiting old worlds, Space Jam 2. Um, we know this is going on in the background. It's going to be called Space Jam Legacy. Uh, LeBron James is going to be filling the pro Michael Jordan thing. And they've released an image of the new kit. Now... Obviously, we can't show you because this is a podcast, but um, I'm sure if you just Google it or go on Twitter, you'll see it. I'm gutted by this, man. I wanted the original white kit and everything else. Space Jam was such a... I love that film. For some reason, people don't hold it up highly, but I, I love that. Space Jam, good for you? I would wear that. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, Flinty. I disagree. I, I quite like that kit. I would happily wear that around town and in the park if if i wasn't gonna get beaten up which might have happened looking at it a uh, grown <laughs> grown man in that but i like it so but, there we go we, we agree to disagree on it i want the i'm the original give me that original kit. i had see space jam passed me by as a kid so i, I have no particular affection to, towards it well you're in luck john because it's on netflix right now so what you're gonna do when you finish this podcast is you're Assignment. gonna hang up you're gonna you're gonna say to your wife i don't care what we had booked uh i, I need to go do something and you're gonna go on netflix and you're gonna watch space jam and then you're gonna come back to me and talk okay. to me about it i'll come back to you okay. single as well that'd be great <laughs> why'd she leave you because i told her i needed to watch space jam anyway that is your news for this week if there was a pill that could give you five minutes. It's really so they get it. I'm embedded with the power. Pure power. I'm embedded with the power. Would you take it? For this week, we're going to be reviewing Project Power, a Netflix original movie that dropped last week. Uh, this stars Jamie Foxx, just to name but a few of the stellar cast that's in this. The premise of this movie, and forgive me if I start ranting about this, is essentially it's kind of like superpowers exist, but they don't. The way they do exist is through this little pill that you can take. You take this little pill, and then for five minutes, you have a power. You don't know what that power is. Uh, they tried to do some pseudoscience over 
oh, it's some dormant genes that are in your body and it might be through animal DNA, yada, yada, yada. Science, science, science. And um, basically for five minutes, you have these powers. This is a highly addictive drug, which means it's a drug that is you know heavily trafficked and looked for. And a police officer is trying to hunt down the crimes involved in this as well, played by Jason Gordon-Levitt. Now, I won't go too much in the synopsis before... Um, at the moment we'll go into some more details later but john what is your take on this premise well i think i hear this sort of concept and script maybe got sort of passed around uh like a bit in war um so it was a high in demand i can see why because i think it's a high concept it's kind of interesting uh a lot of potential uh but with that comes quite a lot of expectation as well and probably putting a lot of pressure on yourself as directors and writers um so yeah i was kind of like oh this is interesting i can get on board with this um and <laughs> and there we go my laugh probably <laughs> let's, get, let's get to the fucking let's get to the punchline ladies and gentlemen my name's adam flint i'm 34 years young and i didn't like this movie uh, the reason why is because it basically felt like it was all sizzle and no steak right like stylistically beautiful Okay, this paints New Orleans in a completely different way. They didn't go down the typical, you know, it wasn't Mardi Gras going on. They don't go to some, you know, outward desert, uh, desert, sorry, they don't, go, they don't go out to swamp lands and stuff like that. It was showing the city in a different light, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's supposed to be showing like an underbelly. Think of it as kind of like Miami Vice of, and Jamie Foxx was in the Miami Vice remake. Who would have thought? Um, anyway, uh, essentially, these gangs are, are trafficking these pills. Jamie Foxx is try is a vigilante trying to find these pills with he, for his own means, uh, which you'll find out throughout the movie. Jason Gordon Levitt, sorry Joseph Gordon Levitt, plays a police officer, kind of crooked, who takes the pills himself because he's like, "Fuck it, if they're going to be superpowered, I need to be superpowered as well." And um, there is also another person in this, an informant played by Dominic Fishback, called Robin, and she's actually really good. Probably the breakout performance in this film. Uh, she's very good at reacting to some of these amazing actors around her like she's very good at mirroring and being able to reflect back and add something extra to it as well she she's an informant who gets caught up in it and that's about as much as uh depth you're going to get on this like i say it feels like a michael bay movie but not quite as xenophobic and um it's like i say stylistically amazing but not much more it's than an that. interesting because i don't know if you know the directors but their sort of breakout hit was catfish the movie uh ariel schumann is nev neve's uh brother um and they've also done paranormal activity three and four and nerve i believe so they've got a bit of history they bounce yeah, they around bounce around um and i think they show like some really good moments there was there's a couple of set pieces i, I was moderately impressed with there was uh the ice octagon kind of scene i thought that was kind of interesting um really good set piece and there was a couple of moments at the end kind of interesting but there's also some very ropey cgi it kind of felt like the vfx team <laughs> had some spare effects and a couple of weeks paid that they could use them for and they're like all right let's pump out some more um because there were some ropey, which is strange because now it's 2020, you expect everything to just look absolutely insane, you know, after Avatar. But frequently, I mean, that's not the case, is it? I think there's there's mm-hmm. strict budgets and stuff and limits to what people can do and the size of teams. Um, so, yeah, but let's, let's go with a couple of good parts. I think the music was pretty cool and I like the kind of yeah. uh, improvised rap, rapper kind of uh, that Dominic Wishbeck, her character had some really good moments. Um, I think that was that was kind of cool. Um, and I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm. and Jamie Foxx gave this 
film a much needed sort of bump up. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt looked like he wasn't taking himself or the film wholly seriously. And I think that was the right tone. <laughs> uh, both actors, you know, I'm impressed they got them both because I think they were kind of um, punching down a little bit on it. Are you saying that these actors are probably too good for this movie, John? That's, did that not come across? Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt back on screen because it's been a little while, isn't it? Snowden might have been his last thing. He's um, he's such a good actor, and I think he usually does great movies, picks some interesting things. I don't think he picked an amazing film here, but there's some there's some things to like about it. But, I mean... The main, I think the main issue with this movie is the, the plot and the script. It seems like there's either one or two characters short or actually one or two too many. Like um, mm-hmm. the whole Dominic Wishbeck character, she plays a kind of daughter figure or she's without a dad and Jamie Foxx is without a daughter and they kind of bond. I don't have a daughter <laughs> and you don't have a dad. We should totally yeah. hang out. But then at the end, I won't spoil anything, but that whole storyline doesn't resolve at all. There's, there's no, no payoff. payoff. There's no payoff. And yeah. in this sort of film that doesn't, you know, it's not exactly a high concept uh, war and peace. It kind of needs a, a some sort of payoff. Um, it doesn't really get it. Um, and also I kind of expected with the imagination, the premise is, you know, you take a drug and you can be anything. You can do anything and for five minutes and it's an amazing concept. Uh, so you're kind of expecting crazy more basically describe my wedding night there, <laughs> there we <mate>. go <laughs> hey. uh, that's a pretty good wisecrack there flinty and possibly true um yeah <laughs> so you're kind of expecting more in the imagination uh stage of things i'd like maybe there's some extras where they had to can some bigger ideas or something but um no i don't know i think um it's unfortunate it came out a couple of weeks after the old guard the old guard is a superior film in terms of uh, storyline and uh, delivery of said storyline but then again it shares similar dna in terms of i feel like on paper this sounds amazing but i want to know either what happens next or where does this go because it feels that certain bits sort of trail off and i lose interest and don't get me wrong like we are in if this is what a netflix original standard is now compared to what three years ago or whatever when we were reviewing films like oh god what mute and stuff like that like this is a million miles better than that uh but not that much better <laughs> it's better than six underground which is absolute fucking just yeah bleh, just yeah they leave it at that but um so let's give this sucker a score john where's it sit for you it's a close i don't know i think a lot of the uh, i actually uh me and jamie watched it last night and i said okay you look at Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to guess. And I guessed, Tomato Meter, I guessed at 65%, audience 55%. I was a, I was kind Great of impressed, thought, that, but I kind of got them flipped the wrong way around because the audience score is actually lower, 52%, and Tomato Meter is 60%. So um, I think that's kind of sums it up, really. I, I, I'd give it a three out of five if I was generous, I think. I mean, it's not... It's an easy watch, but sometimes you can judge a film by how many times you get up to get a mini dime bar or some ice cream or whatever gluttonous shit you're putting in your body that night. And I <laughs> I think I paused this and got up quite a lot. So, um, yeah, bad film. Fair enough. Well, let's, 
let's hear what the the critics are saying about this so sarah cartland uh oh we know sarah from caution spoilers a standard thriller hiding underneath up-to-date trappings project power is pacey and entertaining though it could do with more crazy superpowers she does have a point i thought it was pretty pedestrian like if you think this power could do anything you just pick the same tropes from various other endeavors we've seen of powers on screen like you could have done something a bit cooler i don't know what but yeah it was missing some innovation do you agree yeah. with that like i said the vfx department I, mean, I think we're just using whatever they had left um <laughs> yeah um i'm not gonna bother reading what the rotten people say because like all the rotten comments are just this is nonsense it's not very good so just, just go, go read it if you're interested there's nothing really compelling to take away or debate over with what they are saying um i feel like we're in the three three out of five camp it feels like very much a solid three out of five um i will it have a sequel i don't think so i think the reception means it probably won't yeah it's interesting though every because this movie especially the end was like oh we're you know we have to at least leave open the very small possibility that we're going to need a sequel but is that just a thing nowadays they have to do you think they're like well you never know we'll see what the audience thinks hopefully yeah yeah i mean like there could be another iceberg because it's like just make a movie and end it and make it good and then don't think about i I mean there's something nice about a self-contained movie and i I keep coming back to this but queen and slim is probably my film of the year so far one of the reasons why is because it ends there ain't a sequel it's done it's a great fucking film You've been taken away somewhere. You've had some escapism. You've been thinking slightly differently about the world. And now you go off and mm. do your shit. And that is what certain films, I think everyone's after that franchise. Everyone's after that fucking big, big, big box office payday. And um, sometimes it's nice just to end the film and not come back to it. Even if it was good. Can you tell me a film that was good that they didn't revisit? Well, most great films, I don't know, like self-contained stories. <laughs> You mean like Shawshank Redemption yeah, like, and Forrest Gump and yeah, the there we go. The they, they, they tried to fucking get a sequel to um, Forrest Gump <laughs> and the book. The book sequel's there if you want to read it. Um, called I think it's called Gump Inc. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a feature about it. That'd be quite interesting. Anyway, sorry, I detract from this project power. <laughs> John, uh, do you agree with the score? I, I would go a three out of five, and I think that's a little bit generous. But um, there was a few tidbits yeah. to like, so. See how see how bored so, you are. Project Power, <laughs> Project Power, three out of five. It's not quite as bad as a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this, then just maybe you're willing to go a little bit further. Click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from Talk Film with Me. My name has been Adam Flint, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Flint. And I am joined with my main man, John Descamento. How can people find you? Can you can find me on Twitter at Descamento. Next week, Tenant is in cinemas. Tenant. 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 I think that's how... Uh, that's, it's a weird dialect I use sometimes. John. <laughs> <laughs> it's in cinemas, and we will be discussing it at length. Uh, there's been a lot of screenings that have happened already. A lot of people are talking about this. A lot of people saying it's the most knowingness, knowing joint you'll ever hear. So um, I'm really looking forward to this. And uh, yes, stay filmy till next time. Bye-bye.